0: Yeah. Okay,
1: so we're, we're only on the three 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 and a half hour mark. So, as long as it's I more,
0: more than baits.
1: <laughs> yes, you, that was your plan, wasn't it? To, you wanted to beat baits, yeah? <laughs> so, you've done it. Welcome to episode 1010 10 of the Tears of Fear season of h And the second part of the Ian Stanley interview uh, There's lots of great stuff here including a very reluctant <laughs> quick fire round uh, We got through it eventually But it was a great sport and this was a great interview uh, We'll speak after but let us continue with the second half of the conversation with Ian First off going through the other Big Chair songs he co-wrote
0: part two of the interview begins now
1: I was working out ever discussed as a potential single because then you could have done that with one with the blind man as well couldn't you had the yeah. same thing
0: i think we yeah it was called as a single we wanted what did we want in, what was it uh, instead of i think I after be- i believe like we'd, we, we obviously it was um the four of them and then I believe, right? So that was the fifth. Yeah. Jesus Christ, five singles, and, and I eight think. tracks.
1: We,
0: <laughs> <laughs> given that broken and listen weren't really ever going to be. Yeah, there's
1: a single edit for listen somewhere. It's like <laughs> it's got three and a half minute radio edit of listen. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? I think we were. I still probably would have got top twenty, wouldn't it? Let's face it. it. Well,
0: we, I, we were going. Why not? It was. A, I think we want. Definitely, remember, me and Kurt wanted it.
1: Cause yeah. I've been very excited because you did that on Wogan and I was really excited. Oh, like, oh wow, working. At- yeah, you did that on Wogan. I was really? so excited at the time watching it, thinking, oh, wow, no. d- I never thought okay. I'd see them do this song on TV. I no. <laughs> so
0: was they were all a bit surprised when we did It was that. like, come oh, on, we've got five okay.
1: singles out. We can't do a six. Let's just put oh. an album track and get some more sales off the back of that. that would a smart move.
0: That would definitely be us saying we want this to be a single if we would chosen to do that because everyone else would be going oh, don't be idiots do everybody else.
1: It's such a fantastic song they are working at and such a fantastic production as well. What well, do you remember about the writing of that one because that, oh, that was 83 yeah. it was on the live shows wasn't it? Oh was it?
0: It's that, on the Hammersmith Odeon. Was it really? Wow. Yeah. In that form? Yeah. Like in the finished form. Yeah, with
1: the, the, with the saxophone intro and everything yeah. Oh,
0: okay god I didn't know that. Well, they were, t- it's famously too. It's famously. <laughs> I, I listen to Chris's podcast with you, and every now and then he'd go, Well, this has been talked about so many times, or like, well, as history shows. So to be honest,
1: I've, I have heard a lot of the stories. It's so
0: I, grandiose. If,
1: if I hear Roland talk about when he met uh, for Soilita Adams, oh, all yeah, time, okay, yeah, you know yeah. I mean,
0: and that's bullets as well. I'll
1: yes, because tidy- didn't you see her first?
0: Oh, yes, I'll tidy that up for you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Isn't that funny? That's It's more important for me to say that, correct the history of of that meeting than it is to remember the conflict. Um, I think that,
1: that, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> that is that is more kind of momentous, I guess, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I suppose it is, as a, as a change, as a sea change, yeah. Anyway, just over there, so Working Out was two yeah. songs. And the, yeah, one was When I'm In Love With A Blind Man, and one was another, was the other one Roland's? Or was when? So it was When well In
1: Love With The Blind Man, did that come first then? Uh,
0: yeah, I think I'd written the piano for that. Roland had written the tune. And then Roland had that other bit, that unless that's mine and the other Isn't no, the I instrumental
1: think- intro that's kind of like your melody and then the song comes in and that's like the ding 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 ding, yeah, ding that's, ding. Roland's, that's, that's Roland's. Roland's yeah
0: that's Roland's
1: um, he likes a guitar jing
0: yeah that's a yeah, trope definitely. on the
1: episodes he likes it, yeah. like, the hurtings he's jing
0: Makes sense. Yeah. But they're different keys, aren't they? It modulates... or something's... Oh, yeah. It modulates up to the... Down, 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 down.
1: Yeah. It, That's it mine.
0: That's my bit. Oh, okay. So I wrote... So it's the same two
1: chords all the way through with Ronan, and then you change it in the second part?
0: Uh, the intro is mine. Yeah. Oh, I say mine. I, I mean, look, it, it didn't really work like that. But I had a piece of music, which I think is basically went in love with a blind man Then Roland had oh gosh this is so <laughs> I almost need a piano not that I could write it but where it goes up because the chords are really quite strange and quite unusual but the melody down down, down 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 that's I remember writing that so yeah look I mean it's pretty much apart from Roland obviously writes the words and tune but uh musically we'd, we'd written half and half on that but i think I, I heard him say somewhere that i was against putting them together
2: i came up separately at home with the verse and
0: <laughs> ian for some reason he just didn't want them to be put together <laughs> I crazy which uh yeah probably i i i i don't remember that but um, i'm sure he's right he you know he's he's very good at that sort of memory stuff uh right.
1: what would your reason have yeah. been to be uh I,
0: I, I don't know maybe i just didn't like the clash of the the because it's a different key so the two are it's quite a hard join if you know what i mean yeah. but
1: it's brilliant it's such you a know. perfect it's one of those songs it's six and a half minutes long right yeah. Obviously, when you're researching a podcast on, on an album, you listen to the same eight tracks over and over again. And I never yeah. tire of listening to that.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. And it actually sounds pretty effortless as a bit of writing, which is never <laughs> forcing things together really does. So, uh, so,
1: so Manny, Manny gets the, the co write So he gets a third, he gets his.
0: Third. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, he gets that's the, right. drum he pattern. the drum part. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote so it.
1: Again, so when does a drum pattern become part of the co-write? writing? So um, again, I was speaking to Stephen. Um, um, Hugh Padgett about yeah. um, Peter Gabriel the third album and the yeah. gated reverb drum sound. very interesting yeah and it's Phil Collins drum pattern for Intruder yeah. yes but he doesn't get a credit for that even though it's all come from his drum pattern
0: well and it's not Peter Gabriel not,
1: wrote, wrote a song yeah. over
0: but it was you see well did you know the story of how that happened and what, how the sound happened.
1: Yes, he explained how they, they got it as a mistake. It was like an accident they just then um, yeah. capitalized on.
0: Yeah. Well, again, I mean, you know, yes, I think it was, it was very generous of, well, Roland is a very generous guy, to be honest, he just is. So it's fair enough that I would have got some, I think it was generous to give Manny part for a, some writing for a drum part. It's like, okay. It's marginal, but I, I wouldn't I have no argument against it or any grief with it at all. It's like, mm. you know, it's a, it's a great part and it helped the song work.
1: And the reason why it's actually Jerry Marotta playing the drums on the track and not Manny, oh,
0: uh, yeah, 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 it's a shame that isn't that really? What
1: was the reason for that? Uh, it wasn't a particularly complex drum part, no, what, was, it, was it a feel thing or,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember we were in a studio in London trying to do the backing track, and I think we were probably doing probably. I doubt whether we were doing one song. We were probably trying to do Head Over Heels and Working out. And ugh, how do you say it? Manny didn't cut it, really, basically, in the studio. It's, it's, um, it just wasn't what Chris was after. Um, so was
1: it was like the drum part that he originated, he could do live in a live setting. But in the studio, there was something just yeah.
0: Studio you know, playing a timing a issue. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, playing in the studio to a click, which yeah. is what it, it would have been. You have to be very precise but right. also apply feel so it's everyone thinks it's being robotic but it's not it's, no, it's, um, it's a hard
1: line to, to walk very on, hard very hard
0: <laughs> drummers, drummers clinical
1: and precise but do also have feel yeah. in your play
0: yeah. most producers have fired drummers. And certainly, it would have fired drummers more than any other musician. In any, but I fired. I fired the drummer and Pretenders making a record, and it turned out to be Chrissie's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, good that was great. <laughs> so,
1: did she know you were going to fire him, or was it like uh,
0: I don't think I, I. don't think she. I think I would have had a word and saying, "Look, Chrissy, you know he's he's just not he's oh, not good cool. enough."
1: How did that conversation go?
0: Not oh, great. No,
1: I, not, I can imagine
0: Chrissy. <laughs> Oh, man this can be not the easiest she can be the greatest but yeah,
1: yeah I can I can imagine Chris I professor yeah,
0: yeah. um uh, oh, uh yeah so i had to fire a boyfriend
3: <laughs> Got in the house like a pigeon from hell oh,
1: um, and it, yeah and is it true that Jerry Morata plays on head over heels as well because in an interview he I claimed... think he
0: pro- uh he, i think I actually thought it was chris but it, it, it might okay. be, it might be Jerry Morata. Jerry I mean he was a good good fucking good drummer you
3: know yeah the thing
0: with a drummer like that even when he hits a snare just one single snare it's different I don't know what it is it's just different it's that's a
1: feel thing is it it's like just getting the feel
0: yeah or hitting it hard or I mean drums you would think obviously you have your brilliant drummers but most people want at a grade it's all the same but actually you know when you're trying to cut a track in the studio. I don't know. Anyway, for whatever reason, the atmosphere was bad. And Chris, and without, you know, definitely Roland and Kurt would have, either Chris would have asked them or Roland would say it's not working. And then Chris would have had the job of explaining to Manny that he was going to get someone else in. Or Chris right. himself. Chris was a far better drummer than Manny was.
1: So that was the question, because Chris is a great drummer. Why have another drummer on the sessions for Big Chair and the uh, Nighting at all? Because
0: we were the band and we'd have played it live. You know, it would have been much more awkward and probably wrong to say, okay, we're going in the studio to make this. This is the song you've been playing for the last year on tour, but Chris is going to do the drums. Or right. We're bring in but clap. he did the drums
1: on "Shout," didn't he? Yeah, I I hope so.
0: yeah probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Which is why I think he did Head Over Heels. But Head Over Heels is a pretty good drum track. I mean, Jerry, again, would be a better drummer than Chris, in, you know, in a way. Chris would be far clever at knowing about rhythms and knowing what, to do, you know, like Chris played on Sowing Seeds, brilliantly doing his Ringo.
1: Again, yeah, it captures the feel. It does. Yeah, feel he, like, get,
0: he yeah. gets, you know, he knows that he he's he's a very very clever man in different areas, which is sort of what you need to be a good producer.
1: Going back to Jerry Marotta, there's a great interview with the Hustle podcast. He tells a lot of great stories, and he also tells about the fact because that's where he mentioned that he did Head Over Heels as well. Okay, he talks about like um. Having fun with Kurt doing drugs, and that Ronan was very serious and straight laced. But he, so he spent more time with with like Kurt and Manny oh. than so. Was yeah. was drugs kind of entering into the equation at this time in the studio?
3: They were,
0: but not, <laughs> not. I mean, Jerry was quite hardcore, uh, and I think got into a few quite serious problems later on with quite hard drugs. At that time, we weren't. We were never that. We were never Motley Crew. Do you know what i mean <laughs> i wish we had been sometimes but quite like there were a bit of drugs a bit of coke but
1: was that in the studio or on tour no it?
0: never if it if someone would like, just and was would that aid the together. long
1: hours in the studio I can imagine like if you needed something to
0: maybe get you um, through a session maybe if, if you're having to do stuff i'm trying to think now like it's fine if you're Programming on a computer, cocaine is brilliant for that. You can go into the computer for two days, three days, two nights. You know, just be programming a dance track or programming a whatever. I'm gonna say, just
1: make every song slightly faster. like oh, wow. the version of a listen is like two and a half minutes long.
0: yeah sort of it, it <laughs> also its its worst thing is that everything you do you think is genius you know right yeah i think s- dope works smoking clearly can work or acid you know that can definitely take you somewhere <laughs> quite interesting cocaine is the most boring and tedious drugs and i've done my fair share but very rarely around people it it wouldn't be even be a social thing i would like maybe a bit but like nothing nothing like (laughs) other other bands yeah Uh, say frankie goes to hollywood right big party band all the time full-on drinking drugs everything you know you surprised me oh really
1: yeah no be ironic (laughs)
0: Uh, oh yeah so yeah. sorry, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I can't remember if people remember them, but yeah, I mean, they were just animals, but brilliant fun. Did love it. I mean, it was a very. I I remember it was a very happy time, very creative time. Turned less so on tour, the big world tour we did. I think you know, but Tears as a group were quite. We were quite insular. We were pretty much kept to ourselves We weren't pop stars Kurt would be a little bit But not too mm. much We lived in Bath A
1: hey, rock central of the world You've already established, you know Yeah,
0: well, yeah Or, or the middle class centre of the prog rock world uh, Yeah, look, there were a uh, bit of drugs around But certainly there was never any No one get, got into any trouble Apart from Jerry, I think Yeah, uh, okay we, in this, I can't remember even doing anything in the studio In a session We just liked being in the studio uh, it was sort of great. And
1: I can imagine it- the most reason that bands like on tour take drugs is just the sheer boredom must be like oh, something to do because like there's so much time when you're traveling so much time when you're waiting for sound checks or waiting for the gigs yeah or just waste them must just like just to give you a lift just, just is just something to do. Yeah tour keep playing Scrabble. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like no,
0: yeah yeah dead right and, and the same people we, a long tour touring everyone thinks it's great and half of you know some of it is obviously great but it's a lot of it unless you are Motley crew we came across them once we came across uh, Tommy uh, in New York and he was just how you want him to be. Hey,
2: Greta. Yes. <laughs> uh, what colour panties are you wearing? <laughs> oh,
0: Can
1: we just talk about the, the two other co-writes um, on the Big Chat? So Mother's Talk, um, I'm, I'm kind of semi-obsessed with Mother's Talk. Got yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I gather that. Yeah,
1: I absolutely love it. And and I say Kurt and Roland just aren't that keen on it. How do you yeah. feel about it now?
0: Uh, I... I... I think I quite like it. I th-
1: For me, it's my second I- favourite track after Shout. On
0: okay, the album. yeah. It w- yeah, that's quite good. There wouldn't be many in your camp, I don't think. But I do like... Well,
1: they're all wrong, okay?
0: Uh, yeah, they could be wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's quite aggressive. In fact, it's very aggressive. And it's very machine-like. Oh, I remember something on one of the other things where you say yeah. we, used- we never played it live. We, used to- we opened the whole of the world tour with it. Do it
1: live anymore? In recent oh it. It. no 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 they wouldn't do it no
0: no no not no God no not, not yeah because there's a
1: live version of it on the box set from from the, from the, the
0: yeah tour. no yeah. also the string thing at the front it, it was a great opener um, it's a
1: great it'd be a great live song I just wish they would still do it because it's got such a power to it yeah it's such a great melody and just well, the arrangement it, on the it, album it, is just perfect
0: yeah it really I mean it it really worked well as. I mean I think we opened every show just because that was not that our shows were great but it was it was immediately up you know yeah and a great start and very energetic and Uh,
1: so what was your contribution to the songwriting for that Mm. song how did that come about
0: it's tricky because it's so programmed don't I I can't imagine how you how you even write that must have been started on a guitar or thought but it's so it really is heavily programmed so the I mean, I know the original rhythm is from a Weather Report thing, or the bass player in Weather Report or something. Dun, 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 dun. I can't even remember the rhythm, but Roland would have had that as the start and programmed that on the drums. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's... What would I have written on that? I, do, I, I don't, really don't know, because there's hardly... If you take the vocal and the, and the you know, the vocal off, it's it's a load of machines, just not doing much in, in terms of music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's quite it's very rhythmic. It's all sort of Yeah, very little. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's kinda
1: of three parts of the song. There's my features form. Yeah, yeah. and then there's the verse part. And yeah. Everything
0: starts to happen. So were there
1: individual parts of that, that you'd have helped construct?
0: I th- yeah, I mean, it just—it's because it, it sounds like it's there are bits of programming that make the verse or chorus or bridge or midlay or whatever put together. If you know what I mean, so or, you're kind of
1: programming a chord sequence, right? You're kind of programming.
0: Yeah, um, it is a
1: different part of the song for each but, part. So it, it, that counts as like effectively the melody because you're.
0: But like everything's it's all so exclamation mark sort of um uh, stabs and you know that you'd be hard pressed to play it on a piano or a guitar and sing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You probably could, obviously, but um it's not really it's like a program song. So I, I think and I guess
1: that's kinda of why it took three Different producers in three recordings because it is all about the recording. Yeah, it's yeah about... I'm
0: sure that's right. I mean, uh, I whereas yes. head
1: over heels, you could do a piano vocal version, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that, yeah,
0: completely. But like Mother Saw, y- you will never hear that covered by another band or <laughs> a pub band ever.
1: I wonder <laughs> if the words have done the version. I'll have to look that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Over and on. laughs>
1: No. mother's talk i'm gonna google that mother's talk wurzels. any yeah. hits
0: or actually any cover i'd be interested if anyone had ever
1: i would have i would have looked because there's um i always i'd get...
0: stand annoyed barton had done it that would work
1: i yeah. think it means it's been sampled in a couple of tracks i think yeah, yeah, Splits yeah. In yeah. it's in midair. air then a cover version over there it's in mid-air yeah mother's talk it's yeah. a live version
0: okay that's good
1: that's Kudos. good i think it's it's due a good cover version i think
0: well have a go are you in music
1: <laughs> no I, I i used to like strum a guitar a bit as a hobby no, that's but, all yeah.
0: you need <laughs> that's,
1: yeah, that, that's that's yeah that was like three kids ago
0: very similar to us really yeah <laughs> i do remember on mother's talk that i programmed the ending and came up with it doesn't it go off into some mad coda yes on the album
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: oh i did that bit
1: okay so that was okay was that from an early mix
0: no um, or was it
1: it literally just added on to the end of the song
0: oh maybe oh god maybe yeah the three like the three i i i can't remember the different versions and who did what i remember we me Roland, and jeremy green worked together in bath and
1: that version's never been heard so how 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 different was that was it was it similar to the i always think it's similar to the 83 live version i was imagining yeah, that, that's less it rocky been, that version
0: it would have been jeremy was he was a lovely bloke and all but he just wasn't he wasn't a producer really he was he was a far better engineer than he was a producer i think um or at that time anyway and he kept on going about oh you just gotta have more bass," <laughs> you know it's like okay <laughs> helps yeah <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um what about <laughs> anyway yeah but like we would have just programmed everything and shoved on loads of bits but I can't I remember the ending we really liked the ending yeah that was but that was random programming it was hardly writing I had a thing called an mc4 which you used to program numbers in which would play the synthesizers and stuff and I do remember it was either on that or listen I think it was mother's talk that we did a sort of Brian Eno-esque numbers uh, sort of guess, you know shout out a number sort of thing so if you have a parameter of numbers gate times and pitch without being too complicated, A bunch of numbers equates to a note or how long the note is or how loud the note is. We just, I remember having Kurt and and we just shouted out numbers and I would program them in and it would come up with something. And pretty much that's how the end, ending of uh, Mother's Talk is, that baseline. That that's quite a random, yeah, very Eno-esque. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? I'd only just remember that now.
1: Oh, so was that added on to like after the running time yeah, to extend I think it must
0: have been added, it must have come afterwards yeah right yeah that was because that was definitely done in bath so who that was one of the first tracks we did wasn't it with Chris. yeah because that was, a, that was yeah. the
1: first single that was released yeah 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 that and they, they were
0: doing the video while we did shout oh yes that day, for instance yeah so um that was already going on so yeah it was around that around that time i i think we just added that on the coda i'd have to listen to that again actually yeah you should uh, this song is a masterpiece there.
1: just just like you should be you should be justly proud of your contribution to that song
0: it's good it's a and, bit and like he, having a Smiths fan that always goes on about one b-side of Morris <laughs> is this was a hit single this in. is a
1: hit single it's a track on one of the best-selling albums of all time so it's <laughs> yeah
0: the interesting thing is that on top of the Pops...
2: ...happening to Jimmy Savile, he's battling his way through a curly sandwich on British Rail at the moment, and we have a show to do. We have a show to do. First of all, a band from Bath, which is on the
1: lines of Bristol. Music maestro, please. Tears for Fears.
0: I played guitar, or mind guitar, wearing leather jacket <laughs> as we were <laughs> trying to come over all tough and... Was all... the game
1: ready for your appearance in the Head Over Heels video? Were you like
0: yeah well we all we we had personas at that point we were we had to we were that elevated that we had to have
1: you're the mean moody guy yeah moody
0: biker and kurt was the janitor <laughs>
1: so please tell, that, <laughs> please tell me that on your birthday you get gifts or memes from friends and family with that bit you do your keyboard solo in front of the librarian oh yeah she was yeah
0: she was lovely we were we went off to niagara falls me and her and I think William, the sax Will, he's great. Yeah. Have you talked to Will from? No, uh, no, no, I haven't actually. No, uh, Goldfrap, yeah. Goldfrap, yeah. Oh, he's he's just awesome, brilliant. Ah, oh, so brilliant. William! Anyway, Anyway, uh, yeah, the three of us went off to Niagara. We were filming in Toronto, I think, where we did that. Yeah. Now oh, then, we did some drugs and drove to Niagara <laughs> Falls. I remember that. Oh wow. Yeah, that
1: doesn't does look amazing on drugs. High
0: intense because we got there at sort of like five or six in the morning and there was no one around but you could hang your head over like if you could (laughs) on drugs a bit (laughs) mental so you go over a fence and then of course there's this you know huge waterfall (laughs) and I remember lying down on that grass uh with Will and I can't remember her name but uh listening to that and looking that with dropping your head over the the edge of it that was that was, that was well, great. Kurt and
1: Rowan not interested in that then or I
0: think it was just it. very late at night so uh, you know three or four or five in the morning someone goes do you want to go to Niagara Falls you go yeah okay yeah, fair enough why
3: not
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things but we were in Toronto for a bit because we did three nights at some place where they filmed something and we did the video as well I think so I think we must have been there for a couple of weeks
1: yeah it's a fun video
0: when so, Dave he said he talked for three hours, I was going, Jesus, this is like an hour. But anyway, yeah, I can assume I can see why it goes on.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. It's so much. So the last track on Big Chat, I assume is the one you're closest to because it's basically your song. Yeah. Uh, That's a listen.
0: Closest to uh, uh, yeah, I don't know really. Uh I mean I like it. I think it's a pretty good bit of work. Um uh, Again, it's
1: Roland said there was a hesitancy with you in in terms of Were you hesitant to hand it over for the album? No, not at all.
0: Jesus, no. no. I thought, no, I was, no, he's, there was no hesitancy at all. They were away doing something and I basically came up with it um, or enough of it to know what it would be while they were away. Played it to Roland when he came back and he thought it was amazing. And Kurt, obviously. And then it was always in the back of our minds that he would write some words and we'd finish it, you know, we'd do it. And I always thought, I like, you know, my history of record, liking records from the 60s, 70s would be hippie-ish prog rock, all those sort of, a track like that would appeal to me, almost instrumental really. And I just thought it was, it worked with everything else. And actually it really did. And without it, the album is completely different. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's different, but it's like, it gives you a very different feeling finishing listening to the record, when people used to listen to the whole record in one go, you know. It's such uh, a
1: headphone song as well, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. you put your headphones on and just lose yourself in.
0: Yeah. And it's just a nice bunch of chords and and quite um, ambient and free as well. Oh, free. Horrible word. Quite expressive. It doesn't have to do anything. It's just an album track.
1: So was the version on the album the same one you worked on or was it like a
0: re-recorded
1: no.
3: So you no, had a I, demo, did you, basically? I had a
0: demo, which, uh, yeah, I think that was the... Hes- well, if there was hesitancy, it's probably the wrong word, but the demo... So when I did it, sort of wrote it and recorded the demo, it's all modular synthesizers. So, again, it's all... There's nothing... You, you can store anything, right? So you're hmm. the sounds. So it's all happening at that time you the programming is there the chords and the
1: oh, Right, that's what roland said in the documentary didn't he, he said yeah they had to recreate everything yeah, from yeah, scratch yeah.
0: that's right that's right yeah we yeah. did which was a bit of a pain to be honest because it's quite modulars are very they can work one day and not work the next day and be different they're always different but we really wanted it to be the same <laughs> as the demo so do you just, still have the demo no oh so, man I yes I know I didn't even know what it was no I, yeah no was yes. it, you don't, never think about these things but have the demo
1: it's, you live in your life you don't think it's yeah, going to yeah, be something yeah. that in 35 oh, years time people are going to want to hear Yeah, yes it's, it's, it's amazing
0: yeah. isn't it I never thought about that because there was definitely a demo that I played with Roland yeah 100%. yeah yeah demo would have been great but um, it it's pretty good and actually I, I, when I hear Roland and Kurt talk about it they talk about it far more reverentially than I do I think they like it a lot more than I do. Really? Yeah. Uh, even though I, I I like it, I think it's great and works really well on the, the albums. I think it's because it's so different to what they would do by themselves, and it was it really is pretty much obviously Chris did stuff. Roland plays some amazing guitar and sings brilliant. Kurt sings on it, but um, musically it's all it's all me. So I suppose it's quite different from most Tears for Fears stuff, you know. Which is all yeah, yeah, definitely to it. stand but out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's 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 good works well it's very calming i do like it i really one of my bugbears is that no one ever did a great remix of it i always thought there would be a brilliant house mix or oh right you know did you ever
1: get involved with mixing at all you do a lot of production Did you?
0: a lot of production i'm terrible
1: so you never tried to mix it yourself in the way you
0: you no no i probably should have done i did quite a lot of work with paul Openfold at one point and i should have got him to do it yeah
1: um, that would have been perfect wouldn't it that would have been great there's the guy right there to do the exactly. job you want yeah I beat, oh man
0: and um you, you know. still got him
1: on email no i haven't talked to him no. oh man <laughs>
0: good guy good guy if you have a him, but um yeah like he him and steve they could have done some ibiza you know that, yeah that would yeah be yeah great. i would loved that chilled
1: yeah. killed out blissed yeah, kind of, yeah. exactly Okay, so just two more be- questions <laughs> on Big Chair itself. Yeah. Kurt in the studio. Yeah. He sounds like he was, he was good as a sounding board and, and give ideas. How often was he there? And I'm trying to work out how many songs he plays bass on.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because okay. it sounds like, Sharp sounds like he's programmed. Has um, that got, that's not got live bass on it? Um... Do, do, do. Mother's talk sounds programmed.
0: Mother's talk is definitely programmed.
1: Yeah, Head Over Heels Working Out sounds like live bass, like he's playing bass. That's his bass line on there.
0: That's definitely his bass. Listen,
1: there no there's no bass on no,
0: there. Actually, there is, there is, but it's Chris.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Right. But he's
0: not playing, I don't think he's playing any bass. A keyboard now. bass. He plays, no, he actually plays a real bass. There's one. Okay. Into some bit of thing, there's like a bass string that goes do, do, do. To, right. so he is playing bass guitar on that but only for about five th- three seconds or two right seconds. but there's no there might be bass at the end or something but um i think it's, if there is it's programmed. so kurt's not on that he's on uh head of heels working out um there's broken. No yeah broken that's not programmed is it
1: i'd assume that's that's live bass
0: is it broken probably is probably is again it's sort of it's in the mother's talk world of quite hard of hitting aggressive i'm trying to think is that no yeah i'm just the wrong bloke to ask i'm afraid so the person you need to ask is kurt yeah, okay
1: <laughs> but in terms of how often he was there would he come in just like, oh like, his timetable was... yeah he once could... a week he'd pop in to see where it's going and just give his thumbs up all
0: i think he gets quite a hard time over this it's like yeah he would he could, look he lived three or four hundred yards away I seem to remember him being there most days at some point, whether it was for half an hour, quite often he'd just come in and go to sleep. Quite often, And I had a big sofa in the studio, which was the big chair. Yes, right? that,
1: that was the and, other question I wanted to ask, Actually, oh, Okay,
0: <laughs> so the big chair is from two things. It's from the movie, but it's also this big sofa that we were going to do, and it's massive. I'm looking at it now. Oh, right. Know. Yeah, so it's huge. That was an album cover thought because if you I think <laughs> Is it Alma Gummer? There's a Pink Floyd album, which if you open the inside is the four of them, black and white photographs sitting on a chair, on a sofa, and it's right. really intense and brilliant sort of pitch. And I remember that uh, saying that would be a good photo, but we had all sorts of trouble trying to come up with a, the cover for um, Big Chair. And then Roland eventually just, someone said, we need an answer, and Roland said, I'll use that photograph, uh, which was great. Yeah, the chair was in the thing, and people would sleep on it. Brian Adams has slept on it. Tori Amos, you know, it's like, it's a famous chair, but Kurt would come in, and he'd been out partying or drinking or whatever, and um, just fall asleep while we'd work away. So, uh, look, he he obviously wasn't... I lived there, so I was there every hour. Uh, Roland would come up most days. Dave would be there most days. Chris would be there most days. Occasionally, one of us might have to go and do something or something, but everyone could operate... The equipment, so we could all work independently. You know, I mean, if if we had to do something proper, then Dave would usually record it. Obviously, there's a lot of downtime where you're preparing tapes to work on and stuff like that. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, because he wasn't really, he just wasn't particularly interested in studio time and hanging around doing nothing. But he would come in and he'd always have an opinion and, uh,
1: can you think of a suggestion he made that, uh, like a contribution he made in terms of why don't you do no, this?
0: No, I can't.
1: Because David Bates said that he came up with the "everybody wants to" that that line. Do you remember it that way? Really? Sort of, I assumed that was already written because uh, they had the title of the song. So I
0: can't imagine that. Uh, the kind
1: of "sow the seeds of love" kind of way, where
0: he comes up with he the comes up with the cut of that. Yeah, where yeah. he did that. Yeah, and I would say if he came up with that, he would have got a credit. I would be very surprised if Roland hadn't done that. Uh, that's new to me. Okay. Uh, I don't know why, Dave? Why the fuck, Dave, would even think that he knew that? As Kurt told so him. How
1: how often would he be there, David Bates,
0: to check uh, on the progress Dave, of the album? Uh, so, say uh, if we were there for, I don't know, we'll be there for about six months or something, and all I don't know some a certain amount of time. Dave might have come down four times, five times, three times, something like that. If we were in a studio in London, he would turn up. But if he came down to Bath, it would probably, would he be staying even? I don't know if we'd have a spare room. We might do, you know, he'd probably be going back in the day, come down and back. Um, it was always handy because, as you know, on the train, you know. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't really around in Bath. Chris would, I assume, they would talk a lot and... Um, Although there weren't mobiles then, so <laughs> yeah, you know, we just got on with it, and it was it was good. Maybe he was there more. I don't know. I know, uh, like he liked Bath, obviously. And Chris was Chris was sort of his only mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he so, was on his side. Sorry, Dave,
0: but it's true. Yeah, it's, that, it's the
1: record company thing, isn't it? The, the them and us thing is that they are the they are. As I sort of them. discovered
0: when I I ended up working at a record company for a bit, and um, yeah, it was it's quite interesting how that dynamic works. Um,
1: Did you ever pull the I co wrote Everybody Wants to Rule the World thing with with bands?
0: Yeah, isn't fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you yeah, work. Well, no, uh, y- 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 there was a point where.
1: Release this I single because I co-wrote "Rule the World," so I, remember, I know what I'm talking about.
0: Okay, so you remember I was saying earlier about I never use that. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was. A Here band. are the 17
1: examples when I did. <laughs>
0: there was a band that I was, I was trying to sign. Oh, was it Manson? Do you remember Manson? Oh yes,
1: Manson. Wide okay, open so space. I'm- yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I was trying to sign that to every fucking NR man in London was trying to sign me. And I was trying to sign them. And I do remember bringing them in the office and saying, listen, I've sold 20 million records, which is more than, this, more than this record company.
1: <laughs> it's a convincing argument, isn't it? It's, uh, and it's
0: sort of quite good. I remember them going, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But of course, it didn't work out. But yeah, NR, it's, it's. I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting job, I so it's great. Certainly wasn't for me. Oh, even though I did it for three or four years, but um, it's it's more selling your soul. Really, it's like yeah, really trying to be. It's desperate. That's when the drugs were bad. That's what that's that's more where it's not created. Although the reason I did it was that I was allowed to produce as long as it was a Warner's act. I could produce. You know. So um.
1: So as in, you weren't allowed to produce on other the labels then. That's right. Right.
0: Um, but occasionally I did like I, I, remember I did an E17 track for Tom Watkins, who I knew as a favor sort of thing, and it would just cause a little bit of grief. But mostly, so I could do the Pretenders or whatever or Tori, or yeah, it was good. Uh, well, no, it was good living in London. It was a very druggy time. It was the it was the 90s. It was very. It's uh,
1: weird. So being in a rock band, selling millions of albums in America, and yet it was when you're an A&R man in the 90s. That's when the drug problem.
0: Yeah yeah, that's that's, pre- that's, yeah yeah that wouldn't yeah. be the
1: perception would it it's like no no uh, it wouldn't
0: but if you, you know like that time was very Imagine it was probably like that in london most of the time but that you, you know that book eat, eat your friends or whatever yes. right okay so that was it that was the time i was there right
1: in, okay yeah. and it was like that oh, was it
0: it was right very... i was just exactly like that with right. all those people and it was pretty full-on full, on. full on, yeah it was just ibiza there was paul oakland and all this lot going on and uh, yeah i actually did the coke to to try and get it wasn't for social it was to get another day's work so
1: right I, yes keep you going on
0: friday to produce work through friday night and saturday most of saturday night and then sleep till monday morning and then you know so it got you an extra day's work right. in a week but of course a couple of years of that is not good
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> can I can imagine. All right, so um, The Big Chair, last yeah. question on The Big Chair, um, the title. So Dave Baskin said that it was, yes, it was a mixture of Sybil, the film, and also Your Big Sofa. Yeah. Songs from The Big Sofa, wouldn't have sounded as good, would it? But, um, but he was saying that Roland had come up with the idea of The Big Chair, and it was Kurt who said Songs from The Big Chair. Do oh. you remember that moment, or was yeah. that something you...
0: No, I don't. I don't. I thought... Isn't there is there a Simon and Garfunkel album songs? Mm. No, I can't. I can't remember. I thought it was Roland style could easily. I'm sure that's what happened. If that's what anyone said, I just I always thought in my head that as Roland was quite a big uh, Simon and Garfunkel fan for the songwriting. Obviously, it was. I thought I thought it was from an album of theirs or something. Songs
1: they got, got song for the asking. That's a song, isn't it? I don't think they've
3: got
0: it. Okay, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, is there a songs from the another album title? See, I remember Kurt was Kurt. See, I would have thought it was the opposite opposite way around, because Kurt was the big chair in the film, Sybil, and all mm. that stuff. Kurt was hugely, like, really profoundly moved by all that, as were we all, but particularly Kurt. Kurt and Ryan, of course, of all the, the stuff, but um, uh, I remember, yeah, definitely affected Kurt.
1: Sybil. I can do anything. I can do anything I want to. I can do anything. <laughs> I can walk on the chair I take my shoes off like that and like that and like that. And I
0: can walk on the chair like that and like that and like that. And you can stop me. So I don't know. That was sort of Kurt's. That was very typical of his sort of contributions. He'd come up with something that would sum up something, you know, whether it was a lyric or a title or a part or a look. He would just he's got a bit of glue about him. Personally, whether he Wrote ten songs or half song didn't matter less. Without him, there was no dynamic. There was a time when people used to take the piss as a bit of an Andrew Ridgeley. Although anyone against George Michael would be (laughs) Andrew Ridgeley. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's it's just not uh, you know it's not true. Um, but I
1: mean, the comparison is with Ringo, but I think the Ringo analogy works in the sense that the Beatles would not have been as successful without Ringo.
0: Absolutely not. Um, they wouldn't
1: have got the kids and the grannies and the no, have, no. the, Be- the Ringo made them lovable, which made them huge. Completely.
0: So and and his affairs yeah. would
1: not have worked without Kurt. He was That's 50% a, in terms of
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. their success. He sort of makes Roland Roland. But certainly I like the hurting, oh the you know, we were he was a pop star, like he was good looking pop star. Roland wasn't, I was certainly not. So he was a great frontman or a good face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the
1: right uh, face for a cover of Smash Hits.
0: Yeah. And the right yeah. echo and and a certain will. But yeah, he was you can't sort of say what it would be like without different people, but um certainly wouldn't have been Tears for Fears without him.
1: Yeah. So um, the Big Chair Tour, David Bates was quite honest about regretting working them, so, working you, all of you, so hard. Yeah. Um, did it, Did you notice a change in the dynamic between Kurt and Rowland and yourself yeah. with them?
0: Yeah. Me and Kurt and Roland, it, 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 all you know, the dynamics were always quite odd in a way. There were times me and Kurt were close and times we weren't. I was his best man at his wedding, for instance, where it should have been Roland, really, <laughs> you know.
1: Was it, Alan... is that, is that a political thing then? Uh, no, was... I,
0: think, I think he was, he, I seem to remember he was, he didn't want to ask Roland because he knew Roland would say no.
1: <laughs> Why would Roland have said no? Oh,
0: well, exactly. I don't really know, but I think.
1: And do you think he would have said no? Uh,
0: I think he would have said no, yeah. It uh, could be very presumptuous, but uh, I think he would have said no. I don't know. So, if he asked me, I, was, I would say, well, why didn't you ask Roland? But of course, you know. So anyway, it was just, a, look, Kurt, was, Kurt had started the band with Roland. I came along and ended up, within a few years, being very, I was very close to Roland, very very close.
1: But that was because you were collaborating on songs. Was there we ever were minor any
0: songs? But we liked each other. You know, it was good. But there,
1: was there ever any discussion of like Kurt and Roland writing songs? You ever? We ever privy to why that didn't happen? Was it just Kurt wasn't interested, and we felt overawed by Roland's songwriting ability, or
0: maybe I don't know. I, I think we sort of uh, like he'd been through graduate with Roland as well, and I think Roland. Pretty sure Roland was the only songwriter then, so I mean, it was just given that Roland wrote the songs, really. Like, yeah. he, like he could, you know, run fucking brilliant songwriter. He could write <laughs> words and music, uh, <laughs> melody, and then sing them better than anyone. You know, he's like, he's incredibly gifted. Even though there are parts of it which need editing and taken back down, and some things, you know, things that we would disagree on. I can never understand why he didn't see it because he's so good at other stuff case in point women in chains brilliant song apart from the ending
1: well the so free her bit
0: oh so free her that's such a cop out as a as a lyric it's like it's so throwaway. so free her it's like come on you could do better than that Much did you say more...
1: him that at the time
0: yeah um what did
1: he say to that
0: i oh, probably ignored it at that point he was he was godzilla <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was the Godzilla of his like oh, still so great and all that. Uh, yeah, knows, it sense, he was too. He big had all a the power. Right, he yes. had, like he was, he'd really moved on, and he was still growing. The growth from the hurting to the big chair mm. was the same for him to sowing seeds. And yeah, we we stopped. <laughs> I certainly stopped around uh, the big chair, but Roland just kept on going and, uh, on whatever path as an artist but as his growth but he was becoming very difficult to work with then but I, unproducible
1: I, in a sense then because uh, that's pretty that's much what he, unproducible yeah. yeah yeah it's like he, he knew exactly what he wanted at this stage and well
0: he sort of i can only ever think of two people who can produce themselves and that's prince and george michael oh, kick you, kick you, kick you, no. who are good i don't know i can Other people, either they're bad at producing themselves or their writing isn't as good. But those two are the only two who, as far as I can remember, I'm sure there are others, but they are geniuses. And that's why they're geniuses. They can do it all. Yeah, can't do it all. He can do most of it, but he can't do it all. He can have a crack at doing it all. And it's just not quite as good as it could be.
1: And that's kind of why after The Hurting, he had a key collaborator or collaborators on each album yeah. So yeah. obviously, in seeds of Love*, it was Nikki Holland. Yeah. And that started during the tour, the Big Chair tour, where they were yeah. doing sound checks. Now, your writing relationship with Roland was it ever discussed that, like, did it no. just just fade away or just stop? Or it faded you-
0: away. It faded away. Uh, well, actually, no, not really, because so specifically, *Batman* song, which is what you're talking about, he turned up one day after the infamous. Again, it's not it's not infamous. It's just a night in a hotel somewhere. But
1: well, it's the fans. They, they all it know. It's the that fans. Room six two yeah. eight. Yeah, six two eight. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah, that's right. Six so
1: eight. were you in that room?
0: No, I wasn't. Um, um, who was in the
1: room? Because like the, nobody, like David Bates was the, Who was in the room? Was it just the, like, the only crew? guy
0: that I know for sure was in the room was Robbie, the sound engineer. He was. It was more Roku. crew. I I don't. I, I really don't think any of the band were in the room. I could be wrong. Maybe Manny might have been in the room. I don't know. But I do remember Roland told me that Robbie was in the room. He heard Robbie. He could make Robbie's voice out, but he couldn't make out the others. And, of course, they were slagging him, so which is why, whatever it is. But whether they said he's a bad man, I don't know. <laughs> that, 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 doesn't, uh, <laughs> that doesn't sort of seem right. So, But anyway, he must have had a – do you remember the – did anyone say what town it was?
1: I don't think, no. no,
0: no. I can't remember what that, but uh, I think it was quite late on. It was like the around the second time going across America or something. It was uh, Ron started playing the song, and we all thought it was great. Mickey played some piano to it, which worked very well, and that was it. But what happened really was that from then on, every soundtrack you'd have to play Batman's song, right? So right. I start playing it and singing it, and Nikki would play the piano and Kurt would play bass, and you know, and I just sort of got bored. <laughs> Sound checks are boring, and you, you basically go there to check that everything's working. So I think at that point, and obviously, you could see Nikki playing piano to and It's sort of it perks something up in him. I, I didn't see what was coming from that at all. Not that what came was a bad thing. If you know what I mean,
1: yeah. So it seemed like it was a one-off. It wasn't like they're regularly meeting up
0: on. Well, the, it was the only song soundtracks. certainly as far as yeah, it was the only song written that year. <laughs> so no, it, it, it wasn't regular. Really, I think it was only way after the tour, and then time becomes quite tricky. I can never remember, of course, after the tour, me and Roland were working. We were working on a song for Michael Jackson that we thought would be great for him. Yes, good. Sorry, <laughs> I know. So. At what the moment, was the call Was the song? I don't know. I can't remember. But we, you like, can't we, remember the song no, you wrote for Michael Jackson. No, we didn't because we never got. We never finished it. Oh but, man! So, yeah. so we had this little song that was sort of like a little Billy Jean thriller type song that could, like we thought, oh, this could be great, and it could be great for Michael Jackson. And like, so were you well, actually asked to write a song for him, or was no, it like you? No, were gonna write we, a song no, we're to me and him between me and him we thought this, this could be great We and oh, now we're wow. fears of fears we could send it to Michael Jackson who I think we'd met or he was in the same studio as us and was asking about the snare sound on shout which Michael Jackson wanted to know what we used quite interestingly so anyway wow. we thought okay well at least we can get a song to him because we're well known enough yes
1: you know? yes this is his shot yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and we we're huge fans you know So we were working on that amongst other things. And I, I, I just lose track of when Roland went to London, when we built the Woolhall recording studio. So I got asked
1: one more question, about Michael Jackson's song. So how far had you got with it?
0: We've got, um, we had a track, we had a rhythm a sort of verse and a chorus and Roland was writing words on it. Um, and no,
1: no rough title or anything no no
0: no title but at one point when Roland he was sort of at various point like towards the end of the tour and after the tour he asked me what I thought how I thought we should do the next record and we were sort of we're not drifting apart friendly but we've been on tour for eight months or a year or whatever it was I thought at that time that we should try and be Genesis or Pink Floyd, we should make a record every four years, do a stadium tour, happy days. So that's, yeah. that's what I saw <laughs> All
1: right.
3: as,
0: as the only obvious next level up. Right or wrongly. Uh, and Every was,
1: four years was about right. You got that a bit right, didn't you? Yeah, it was four years. Yeah.
0: So we probably could have done that, which is, is quite um, a thing to pull off, you know, that sort of super group. Whether it's a good thing to do that, I'd, I don't know. Obviously, there are yeah, monetary things. But um, clearly, it wouldn't have satisfied Roland as whatever path he was on. But I thought that would be that that would have been a pretty good thing to try. If that doesn't sound presumptuous. But I think we could have actually sort of done it and thus done basically the same thing with Chris, who would understand that sort of big concept Bates. And that's what we end up doing, writing some big anthems and turning out every now and then with a big light, a better light show than we can do on stage. It's not bad for a few years, or that's sort of what Mm. Batman do. So, but uh, that clearly wasn't his path uh, or his choice. But I also remember, sorry, that he asked Chris, and Chris said, "What you should do is do a couple of acoustic numbers. That song you're working on for Michael Jackson, and whatever else, maybe Batman's song. We have, you know." So that that was his. I remember that conversation and him giving a version of what he thought the next album should be. And so saying two, a couple of acoustic numbers was him being a little bit obtuse and trying to be interesting and stuff. But, but you know, very thoughtful and intuitive, but quite different. So it's not what you'd expect on a two spheres album as an acoustic yeah.
1: song. and Roland didn't... Well, he just took it
0: on board, didn't say anything, and then um, moved to London, started writing with Nicky and uh, went into production hell. Before
1: you years yes yes so, qu- a yeah. quick question for well two questions so there's fish for life the song you did with oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so we did that, that was a
1: co-write so that was co-write. around the same time you write, that with, you write that with roland yeah
0: i think so uh, i was so yes so that would have been around the same time we did this michael jackson song yeah because right? that
1: came out in 86
0: okay so that was specifically written for the movie I was going to say that wasn't
1: one of the songs that was under consideration for Big Chair then that was uh, after that yeah
0: god no it wouldn't be good enough but maybe there was you know if you reworked it there might be probably not but anyway no oh, it was just it was an in joke of a band called Man Crab mm. I don't know why Said we'd be doing a song for Karate Kid Two. I at that time I was going to LA with Peter to do the tour of that Amnesty tour we were talking about. Yeah. When we when I was in LA, I did the video and met the, Mel, not Mel Gibson. Oh, I met all the <laughs> I met all the Karate Kid people. Okay. Uh, Pat Morita, do you remember? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wax off, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So, how good is that? So, we went on a little radio tour, me and Eddie and Pat. Um, and he was, <laughs> yeah. So, that was, you know, that was just I thing. would
1: hope that that's on his gravestone, wax on, wax off. You'd hope, wouldn't you?
0: If it's not, it's a great travesty.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the ultimate. Isn't that's it? as good
0: yeah. as, frankly, my dear, I don't give it that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, You've waxed on, I've waxed off. Yeah.
0: Wax on, wax off. Although it's a bit sad that that's all he's done. I'm sure he's done. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good career, didn't he? Did stuff. So great stuff. But he was a lovely bloke. That's nice to know. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was our Karate Kid too. And, and, then, and... and then the movie comes out and you can hear it in a little, it's like it's coming out of a radio. It's oh, that's
1: one of those.
0: Corner. Yeah, it's brilliant. But we did it because Rama, who we were also working with, or I was working with, or we, I was trying to write songs for or something at that time. They had done Long Hot Summer or Cruel Summer or something. Cruel
1: Summer, yeah. Yeah,
0: for the first Karate Kid, which was actually gave him a big hit in America. Me. Anyway, <laughs> just uh yeah, Banana Rama were great. We used to come across. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. We were in Europe quite often, you know, TV shows and stuff, and they were brilliant. They, they seemed people. like they'd be really good
1: fun. They'd, they'd be, be
0: good were good phenomenal to go fun. great to go out with they could drink yeah. under yeah. the <laughs> they were ferocious but really funny and um, lovely people yeah
1: and you want to talk about um, discovering Elisa Adams and the true story of that
0: oh just to wrap that up okay yeah, yeah. so we're in Kansas I'll probably get this wrong but anyway we're in Kansas and we're in Kansas for two nights because it's a stopover so there's a gig on Saturday and a gig on Sunday could be Friday and Saturday but it's, it's something like that. So or sorry it could be one gig but we're there for an extra night because it's the end of the week or. So on the first night in the hotel I had been out maybe with the road crew that's sort of what you'd usually do or maybe maybe with Ron might have gone for dinner. In fact in Kansas we all the whole band went for a steak because we've been told about steaks of the, best steaks in america in kansas it was the worst steak i've ever eaten as it turns out in a very disappointing restaurant meal and uh, there was quite a lot of us had gone of uh, the band had gone for it and that must have been on the first night i would assume say say could say the saturday night anyway everyone dissipated we'd gone out for a few drinks and i ended up in the bar at about midnight with one other person and i can never remember who it was it certainly wasn't kurt Rowland. might have been Nikki. might have been someone in the road crew it was just someone else. So there was this sort of bar and then this nightclub, but the nightclub was in the, it was open. It was sort of like, you remember in extras where Ricky Gervais goes into the VIP area and Mm -hmm. he's next to the the person who's not in the VIP area. So it's, it's not a closed off bar at all. It's very open in a big Mm -hmm. lobby of a hotel. So, and then there's a Lita and two guys and uh, she was just brilliant. It was just like amazing. Turn up and maybe her, two or three songs, something like that. Uh, it wasn't the whole set or anything. And I was in the bar, not hadn't moved sort of 20 yards into the nightclub or anything, but just that she was phenomenal in that environment uh, with her bass player and drummer, who were both equally brilliant. And I, th- I think I made an effort to get in contact with Roland or Kurt, saying, you've got to come down and check this out. But then I remember the barman or someone saying, oh, she's here tomorrow. Uh, so, OK, great. So I told them about it, told Roland and Kurt uh, and anyone I saw, really, that you've got to check out this girl tomorrow night. So then that night, Roland and Kurt all got a table in the club, which is just next to the bar, as it were, and were enraptured by her. And that's the true story.
1: Right. So some, this, there's two nights then. So you saw the first night, and they so were in
0: Kansas two nights. So that can be checked. That can be absolutely yeah,
1: can be verified. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, otherwise, why would Roland and Kurt have a table in the bar?
1: Yes. You know, you just that's, that's prearranged, one. isn't it? Yeah.
0: Prearranged. Yeah. Yep. That's my story. I'm sticking Excellent.
1: to it. Right, okay. Good. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> and, right, um, so-
0: I, know, I, I think I, I, hard to know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. In the, As it all turned out, probably good for Alita, I think. Yeah. She, she got quite successful.
1: And do you mean that in the sense that by going that route, it kind of pushed him away from what
0: Well, it definitely, was... it, that, that night, it clicked something in his head. And as I, I was listening to him explaining to Guy and to uh, Gary Kemp, how brilliant he thought they were, or as she was, just playing live and, as a three-piece, and we mm-hmm. were this band doing the big show down the thing who were just awful. Which or just, just, just with true. the programmed yeah. drum machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, it was like, no, not one note would change in eight months. Right, yeah. <laughs> it but, was yeah. pretty dire. Um, Get a bit stale was. after a while. Yes, it was, but, you know, the crowd enjoyed it. And it's just, we were not alike. We weren't the Rolling Stones, you know. So. Yeah. But there are many. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's just what we, that's all we did. So, so it clicked something in him. And thus, you, and you can see that in the evolving of writing and how, sowing the seeds the band that you put together and all that stuff which you know there's another two hours of talking about really
1: well let's just get let's cover it quickly then the seeds of love sessions and how it all kind of ended so there's one co-write from the sessions that's always in the past so was that written around the same time as as the is fish
0: that alive. on the album? I have to ask yeah, you
1: It's the B-side. It's on the the box there. It was a B-side. It's on the, um, the, ah, the Women in Chains um, it's, it's single.
0: It's a good isn't it? It's a good tune. It is a uh, good song, yeah. Yeah. No, I'll tell you all that was, was that Roland sent... We both had Fairlights, which are these, I don't know, sort of, you could pretty much write a song and produce a song on them. Keyboards, but they're samplers and everything. So he sent me the file that he had of the song that was there uh always in the past and i don't think i did anything apart from play a saxophone all over it but i played all over it so that's
1: that's that's you
0: Still there, right? Yeah. So that's. I didn't think anything of it. I just played that like soloed all over it. Because um, ex- you kind of
1: improvised that. Yeah, that, that that's, improvised. That's the ride, that, yeah.
0: Work. I quite liked it and sent it back to him. And then, quite a long time later, I hadn't assumed anything. He said, "Oh yeah, I gave you a third writing." So it was a third, which is actually the first time I think he sort of given worked out that maybe that bit was worth a third i personally think it wasn't it was probably it was just like that's what i would do i don't think that's writing i think that's embellishing
1: so in the, so it's a co-write credit to audible stanley is what the credit is but you were given a third of the publishing
0: I, I, that's what i meant yeah definitely yeah uh, which which again is overly generous
1: yeah yeah for, for facts uh, yeah. As, <laughs> I,
0: w- I wouldn't have asked i certainly wouldn't have asked for anything
1: so in terms of what, what's actually on the album, so you play on certain so Seeds of love. You did yes. the great organ solo. It's a really yes, good song. Great
0: solo. organ solo. And yeah. there's, there's a good story about that as well. Go for it. In, in terms for fans and people who like their sort of mm. articles, their anthologies and all that stuff, is that it was the only take, and I, I, I can't remember the number, unfortunately, but it was something like take 57, ridiculous sort of numbers of, how many times we tried to record the backing track? The only take that I ever got it right, and it's the only take on tape. At, well, it erased all the others, but it's the only time that solo has been performed. That is the one that you hear, right? So, luckily, that version, that that take, then take fifty-seven or whatever it was, was the basic name tape that we use we would have edited a few drum things a few drum fills or the intro or something but that would have been the one that we go okay that's the one we're working on right so luckily it has the the right solo on it because then after that chris i remember spending an afternoon trying to replay it and i couldn't do it it was beyond my ability so that moment in time is the one time and it is great
1: So was it worked out before what, what you were going to play, or was it? Just it like was,
0: just... I was trying to do it, but each time it was too hard for me. I couldn't do it. Um, so you knew
1: exactly what you wanted to play. Oh each yeah. Time. So
0: if that you... is the perfect for me, the perfect version of it. Yeah. But it only happened once, and, and that I'm was take 57. Trying, trying to improve it. Yeah, exactly. That take that we used. Like if it, if Chris had messed up the drums or something, then we it wouldn't be there, and I, it would.
1: So it's all locked together. So the drums and yeah. So, so somehow... Kurt was playing live bass on that. Yeah. I take it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I um, wrote a song. I mean, there was a lot more editing done afterwards, but that was the basic take, and it's and it's it's great. I mean, it's really good. song. songs, song C is just amazing. It's a great. Song. Uh, and women in Chains. Are you
1: playing on Women in Chains?
0: Um, I don't think I'm playing on it. I, I wrote a couple of keyboard parts on it because I remember doing. I think it's all programmed in. Oh no, there would have been real drums and stuff. No, I think uh, there's um. It may have only been one keyboard part. But there's a bit in the bridge. The first bridge that I wrote that Rowan liked. He tried to reproduce, but he couldn't.
1: <laughs> so is that on the re- finished record? Yeah, that's
0: the finished. Uh...
1: So which bit specifically is that?
0: Okay, so, God. Oh, it only happens once. There used to be two bridges. Uh, bridges, that's what I call between the verse and the chorus, but Is that, it's a keyboard part like that.
1: Um, so how it ended? Um, so you did. So I guess a couple of sessions would it yeah, have been uh, earlier on. And was yes. there a conversation or, or a confrontation? It was like, okay, it's not working. I'm, I don't want to be involved anymore. It was just like, it just like drifting no, apart? No,
0: it was a bit of a weird ending. I think I had become too big for my boots in a way. I think I wanted to be considered a third partner. I, th- I sort of remember it like this or thinking like this not that I actually wanted that but I think I felt I should be that. Certainly wouldn't have wanted to be a star a pop star you know that's yeah. just not what I like or even you know to to be famous that's not I uh, just that really I don't want that at all or didn't want that but I wanted to be in, more of an equal I think, even though, I yeah, I don't know, maybe or maybe it was I could see Roland going off with Nikki, or that might have happened. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is I could have been nervous. I don't know. Mostly, I didn't really care. I was quite, you know, happy to go along doing whatever I was doing. And I really did want to be a producer and start producing records. I remember that. Or do film music. They, they were the two things that I wanted to do and have always wanted to do.
1: Yeah, it's one of the scenarios we can see it from both points of view. From from yours and Chris's point of view, you've had this huge success with not just a success, but with a brilliant album. Yeah, Why do you want to continue that and just see yeah. how far you can go with that and what else you can do with that?
0: Yeah, From much.
1: Roland's point of view, when they've had that level of fame and kind of like, there's a bit much. Yes. And you want to do different things. I can see it from his point of view as well. And he's developing as a songwriter. Yeah. It's a place we you can see both points of view equally. That, yeah. You can't align those two points of view, can you?
0: No, absolutely. But also, Roland... I mean, Roland was sort of accelerating away, like the way his vocals now would be so strong. They were so loud. Like on stage, he really started discovering what he could do vocally, which was quite extreme. he was becoming more proficient as a guitar player as a songwriter the songs on sowing the seeds are they're evolved they're maybe not as good in a way
1: have you listened to the album all the way through
0: not for a long time but i do know that if you well i say i do know my opinion is that if you took obviously sowing the seeds and women in chains maybe bad song <laughs> okay, which is, which is I, David I, Bates I, least
1: favourite track on the album yeah
0: I mean I don't it me I think it's too long and too it, yeah kind of drawn and too the jazz bit really annoys me you know <laughs> it's like that's that's just not for me not what Tears for Fears were Tears for yeah. were this great synth duo that's what I like and then you get certainly get rid of uh, the lightweight advice for the young at heart that's just awful
2: anything that we
0: advice get rid of three other songs okay so all right so yeah so you have make, say, it makes a good ep basically yeah yeah you have the ep right and then yeah. then you add so this is incredibly arrogant but say you add running up that hill clouds of love or whatever it is
1: hounds of love
0: hounds yeah. of love <laughs> don't give up don't and in your, eyes. In, your eyes, in your eyes. Okay, so you put those four tracks on with songs. Well, yeah, so, I think I think every
1: album would benefit from of those. Of course, it tracks. would. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a high bar. Of course, it would. It? It's the point. Of, yeah, okay, I want no question, Peter gable's second best song. Yes, Kate exactly. Bush's best yeah. song. Yeah, All yeah, their yeah. yeah. best
0: songs, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but what? What, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is that if you elevated the the other bit of it the rest of it yes actually maybe you took eight years to make it i don't care yeah just one year it would be more worthwhile (laughs) it's a puerile facile argument but um that's the sort of level i thought but also still being a synth duo with a drum machine mostly uh with a bit of rock thrown in that's sort of where I, if I was masterminding the whole thing, I remember one point, one thing. Roland he said to me, "God, he said, if only you had the talent."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Isn't that what great? Was, what was the context <laughs> of that comment? Well,
0: that is so brilliant because what he's saying is, if only um, if you had the talent, enough talent to run the group, then we could go along with your plan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's quite brilliant because.
1: How did you take that comment at the time? This I
0: thought funny. it was well. It was pretty funny, you know. It's like that's typical Roland. Yeah, uh, yeah. Part of our uh, me, all four of us, and Kurt especially, uh, you know, and Dave. It was humor would be huge. We'd be laughing more than doing anything or trying to make jokes about something. And he, he's dead right. It's quite right. If I had had the talent to write Sowing the Seeds or Women in Chains or something like that, I could demand that we did. Or would have much more say in where Tears for Fears would head. You know? That's what made
1: Big Chair so good was you had songwriting talent and you had people that knew how to yeah, collate it and put yeah. it together and make it sound good and
0: yeah. organise. Um, yeah. I suppose once you're four years into a record anyway, I left, went away, produced a Lloyd Cole record, and yes. then went back for four months. Um or a certain amount of time, I can't remember, you know, and that was in year two, then went off. Produced another record that took a year and went back, or you know, it was like nonsense. This four-year thing in Roland's yeah, making
1: and it was the same. It wasn't like the songs changed a lot. It was the same oh. eight songs, yeah, yeah the whole time. And, I got got know, so sick of them.
0: I... <laughs> Do you know
1: what I mean? Mixing, <laughs> recording. Is, uh,
0: I mean, that is some world of hell. There, there's there's <laughs> some sci-fi movie that is like your worst nightmare doing that stuff.
1: What was your last interaction with them then? At um,
0: the well, I, would, I mean, I would not see them um i'd go around to england's lane every now and then you know though roland was a good friend i know we'd left and it was a little bit patchy for a bit but like caroline was very close to caroline so would he ask and your I opinion on the I tracks track? would I you would he
1: play songs crazy. to you and say what do you think of this a, would...
0: little, a, a little bit i remember going around there one night and Chris was there at that point. Uh, actually, after Chris left, I don't think I had anything. I, I went round particularly. I might. Have, oh, no, I did do. I remember going to play them a couple of things. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah. Sort of can't remember. It's such a long period of time. <laughs> well, Dave. <laughs> right. Dave is just the most wonderful, easygoing guy. who's uh, brilliantly He's just like the best balance engineer, yeah, which is a real gift. It's like he's 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 so good. But uh <laughs> he's very much a creature of habit. Like even now when he's remixing tune or mixing songs, that's what he does for a living. He's a mixer, you know, one of the best in the world. He has to have um what's he watch? He watches um I think it's home and away or or what's the other Australian song? Neighbours. Neighbours. It's neighbours, like I can't believe he's it. a poor <laughs> year old man still watch Does Neighbours anybody Neighbours. watch neighbors now <laughs> so
1: imagine an 89 that would have been huge but like
0: well yeah but like for an old bloke to... <laughs> 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 but he'd have to have his cup of tea and watch neighbors that's a great oh, it's like, it's like watch watching Hollyoaks
1: isn't it exactly
0: eh? it's the same it's yeah. worse. but um uh, yeah, it, just, it just makes me laugh over such a good guy. For four years, Jesus Christ. Thanks. Yeah,
1: no. know. So when was the last time you've you spoken to Curtin Rowland? Roland?
0: Oh, um, I saw Roland last time I spoke to him. Yeah, last time I spoke to him, he was they were doing a gig here in Dublin. So was that last? Probably not last year. Must have been the year before, I think. Or was it? Yeah, must have been about two years ago. And um, I hadn't seen him for a long time before that. So, and in fact, the last time I'd seen him before that was at their last tour which would have been seven you know maybe 10 years ago in dublin at a much smaller gig which was actually it was terrible so that was really awkward (laughs) because what you don't want is to go backstage after not seeing someone for a long time (laughs) and it being a really average gig you know what what did you say i said oh didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> what did like, they like, say? Oh, they just they don't they just don't want to hear the new album. They just want to hear the hits. So I go yeah, and <laughs>
1: it's like, what do no. you think of their comeback album?
0: Nothing great. Oh, but I do think I think uh, I think he's done some brilliant work over the uh, few records. Like Break It Down Again's brilliant song. Yeah, that is a fantastic that should have song, been on. It? You know, if you'd have had that on um, Sowing the Seeds, um, yeah,
1: that to me is the one song that belongs up there with the 80s yeah, stuff so that's the a proper
0: about. song as i would know, say yeah love it Stand like a did you hear um, a really new one oh god
1: I'd love you, but, um, I love you but I'm lost yeah I like that as well. that's a good one yeah
0: plastic song really yeah. great song
1: yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So, you know, and he told me that they, he's got a couple on this record that he hasn't been able to release yet that are real classic sort of tears for his tunes.
1: Yes, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, That is a return to form, because yeah. I know they were, were doing the modern thing of working with lots of different producers doing little bits yeah, and pieces. they were. They seem to have, like, pushed back from that, which is good news. I think that, that would have sounded pretty horrible, I think. Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, I know he saw, he's also saying that Kurt's written quite a lot which maybe is a good thing I I don't know I c- can't see it but who's to judge without hearing anything but um I think you know there was definitely a missed opportunity not necessarily to be Pink Floyd or, but you know Sowing the Seeds even though some of it is is really beautiful and, and, and really good inevitably by comparison of sales and just the, this whole thing of the live act I just didn't get it really just didn't seem I mean I liked all the artwork and the videos thought that was really brilliant but the whole thing with Alita <sighs> Roland kept on he wanted it to be soul music and it just seemed to be the opposite of soul music to me uh I, yeah I can understand you know he really wanted to rip down into his soul and but what he came up with was not raw and soulful it yeah was,
1: it became overproduced yeah
0: it was overproduced and Awful, oh, you know. I, it, but he, it wasn't that it couldn't be, it had to be Alita's black, and that gives you soul. I, you know, it wouldn't be that naive. Like, Portishead is the most soulful record you'll find, you know. But uh, he, he didn't get whatever he was after, he didn't get, I don't think.
3: Quick fire round.
1: Right, we're gonna end on a quick fire round because you've listened to the other episodes, well, you, you know okay. about this. If so- it's
0: tri- If it's trivial, I'm not gonna go there.
1: Nothing I do is trivial. How dare you, sir?
0: I'm not saying you're trivial. But...
1: <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, just go with it. It's all to do with TSBs in the 80s. No, right? so because
0: if, if you're going to ask what three words sums up.
1: Yes, of course I am. I have I am to. answer. Come I'm on. Not. No, 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 no. Is, no you, that's not. Perfect. No, no, no. I'm not no. It, is,
0: it, is, it does an injustice to them. It's not it's trivial. It's distilling to, your your to essence.
1: the essence. It's distilling to the
0: interviewing standard, which is which is very high. Yeah, don't don't try and and soft-soak me
1: to avoid answering the questions. (laughs) What's your
0: favourite colour? I'm sorry.
1: What favourite colour socks do you wear? Blue. What's your blue? Okay. Favourite Roland haircut, (laughs) starting with the heavy stuff.
0: Well, the most astonishing haircut. I don't really have a favourite, which means do I like them? But the one that really took me aback was the steps at the front. Which is really quite remarkable and i've never seen it on anyone else which
1: era was this the steps Uh, on
0: this is i think it could be was it the way you are era but he came in with it's like if you imagine a set of stairs in a house coming off his forehead so going backwards in steps there were three and they're, they're, oh
1: yes, I think I would be the yeah. way you are. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the way you are? Kind of mottled effect, kind of thing, isn't that it? Like, is it's...
0: how. I mean, as bad as the way you are was, that <laughs> biscuit. Because uh, I mean, Jesus, it's some leap. Uh, we we actually had a hairdresser. Can you believe this? We flew a hairdresser out on tour. Was really? Cyril? Yeah, I think Kurt was. I think Kurt put some money into his salon in Bath or something. He was quite, I know. <laughs> it's so, it's so, uh, it's so, uh, but um, yeah, no, we actually flew him out to do our haircuts. How about that? I that's, just amazing. that's amazing. That's amazing. That shows you that we all got
1: paid to do that. We yeah.
0: were definitely on the edge of, you know, we could have gone. First. You had a hairstylist
1: on tour. Yeah. At rock and roll. That is the ages. That is, ages.
0: That is <laughs> Tony Hadley. Oh, the, shitter so true what's his name cyril god, nice guy cyril
1: i don't know <laughs> favorite favorite tears of fears video oh, god
0: oh they're horrible oh um sowing the seeds of love is a great video that's quite easy because it's the only good one really wouldn't you say
1: i head over heels is a good video as well oh.
0: It's very, of its time, very MTV sort of, you know, let's have the band acting go on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a dangerous area.
1: <laughs> it is it's very much so, yes. Seeing some other... song you most enjoyed performing live?
0: I um, hmm. no, like The Working Hour, I think, probably. But yeah, I'd say The Working Hour.
1: Okay, cool. But... I mean, it's always... It's always... Yeah. It always... that be great, yeah. But- yeah, are you ready for the next one? <clears throat> three words to describe. Stop it!
0: Three words. Stop in Three words.
1: Yes, you are. You got. I will to, give you. You're going to ruin hours. the entire format of my entire podcast if you don't do it. I this. will give
0: you three hours on each of them. Either. No, just distill each hour
1: to one so word. Oh,
0: trivial! It's
1: like it's not trivial. It's like you're, you're describing a person in like. But you're not, are you? I could describe my kids in three words. Well, kids, you know, really fucking annoying. annoying. There
0: there form their personalities yet to give three words to describe kurt who is yeah. much harder to describe than See there you go. that's uh, part of an answer you man. know what do you do you go oh. what three
1: words come to mind when i say talk about kurt
0: none no no three words separately comes to mind
1: how about three words that link together
0: i don't have anything Does, is that me or is that the question Describe I, Kurt to
1: somebody who doesn't know anything about him. Say, so, oh, there's this guy I know called no. Kurt. He's the 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 Okay. What would you say? He's.
0: Mm. Well, he's very, he's a very complex guy. Um.
1: That's, that's three words, very, a very complex guy. I oh, can tell you that's an answer, Yeah, oh, really?
0: if, if okay. you're happy with that. A very complex guy. I mean, there's much more, obviously. Yes.
1: That'll do. Wait till we get to Roland, right? Right, favourite single moment in the studio, which is the fears. Uh, one moment. Do you remember that? That was my in, special moment.
0: In the, way in the studio? Yeah. Um, in the studio. Oh, yeah. there'd be quite a lot. Um, do you mean like when something happened or?
1: Yeah, just yeah. what what springs to mind is it a memorable moment. You think, um, Stuart, oh, wow, that was that was memorable.
0: Um, I think, uh, well, actually, yeah, the one that really sticks out is it was me and Chris, the drums on to shout, and Roland and Kurt outside, filming their video, and then hearing what we were hearing as it suddenly exploded into the rock anthem that it is.
1: That sounds like a movie moment, doesn't it? it that's done. a scene you'd really write in a movie. Really was it was, it yeah. never happened in real life. We'll have them walking down the track, hearing the song,
0: that's it's fucking happened.
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it,
0: it really yeah, happened. It actually that happened. happened. That okay. would be in, um, uh, what's that? Uh, straight out of Compton moment. Mm. It, would be, uh, <laughs> it would be easy, you know, it would be... Uh, straight out of Bath. getting up, doing his thing, going, oh my God, you know. But it really was that. And it changed everything, changed all our lives. Good title
1: for free, actually straight out of Bath. That's that's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> straight, yeah. out of <laughs> straight out of Bath,
0: Bath, 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 or Bath, bath. Bath, out of bath, bath, Bath,
1: song you dreaded coming up on the set list live.
0: Oh dear,
1: yes, the, you knew that the next song was going to be oh, no I got to play yeah. it either because you just were sick of the song or because you hated the part you yeah. had to play on it. Uh,
0: b- 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 broken, probably broken, you
1: as well, you and Nicky. I know. Why? Not, uh, I mean, you
0: don't like understand, Nikki, I just, I, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's another. I think Suffer the Children, when we used to do it, I didn't really. Really? Why? Well, actually, no, that was okay. It was just, again, lyrically, Suffer the Children. It sounds a little bit tweed, doesn't it? It's a great song, though. It's a great song. It's and great song. Uh, I do remember loving it. I actually remember loving it live. It was a really good live. So, so, what was the
1: part you had to play on Broken? When you played it live, then what was... What's... Not
0: very much, probably. I, don't, I can't remember the keyboards on it. Dental and... Ding. Nothing. You just used to move around. Oh, they move around. Nod your head. That's uh, what
1: Nikki was saying. she just, like, move around and that and just... Uh, yeah, I don't think... There the half minutes, the boy's rocking
0: out. Um, so I don't think... I mean, there's bound to be something, but... Uh, yeah. No, it was really sort of Roland guitar, sort of Roland Kurt playing the same thing in unison, isn't it? Isn't it? Dental Don't they both? I don't know
1: yeah yeah okay so <clears throat> three words to describe Roland in the 80s oh
0: god uh um um uh meretricious
1: i have to look that one up meretricious i'm
0: here i don't know what it means
1: okay uh,
0: uh, pedantic
1: pedantic Sorry. okay i
0: take that back because i do know what that means <laughs> um, um
1: Meretricious. Apparently attractive, but having no real value. Oh. <laughs> <That's>... oh, that... <laughs> oh no, Roland. No,
0: <laughs> Roland, I'm sorry. Forcing me to come up uh, with words that I don't know the meaning of.
1: Well, words that you know the meaning of. Was no. a good place to start. I'm not doing
0: though. it. It's too. It's too oh, I'm come on. It. You did.
1: Very complex guy for it's Kurt. It's so, Well, that's. Okay, is so describe true. Roland, this person you're talking to. Uh, I know this guy called Roland Ease and the three gifted. words. Gifted. Gifted, right? Yes.
0: Definitely. Very um, <laughs> um Good dancer, actually.
1: Gifted. Good dancer.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, I'll go with that. And final question. Oh, no, two questions, actually. What's the biggest regret of your time with Tears of Fears in the 80s? Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Biggest regret. Biggest regret. I don't really, you know, that. <sighs> I can't say as it all ended, or, you know, my partner ended. Ugh. No, that's just life, you know. I do regret <laughs> at our very first gig in Mulls. Right. Our first effort of playing live to about 30 people, we used to use a tape machine with the backing track on, which we did for a long time, actually. And I do remember after having rehearsed for like two weeks to, you know, be able to get up on stage and do our first gig, that somewhere in the middle of it, I think it was Watch Me Bleed. It could have been another song. I looked at the, I was in charge of the tape machine and I looked at the tape machine and saw it was still going. And I thought, fuck, it's still going from the last song. And I stopped it. (laughs) And it was, (laughs) it was part of the song that we were playing. Which shows you how, um, live live <laughs> there's a performance for you so i stopped the backing track and then had to rewind it obviously to find oh my the, God. Uh, you know it's just oh.
1: but everyone's just standing around waiting for you to get it back goes, to the beginning yeah,
0: yeah. so that's
1: you get some yeah. evils that night
0: look it's not my biggest regret but it's a regret
1: it's a regret it's not bad if that is your biggest regret that's that's not bad
0: yeah i'm sure there are others uh i regret still not being i, I regret not seeing them i would love to be having more time to reminisce and go down the pub with them and yeah have a laugh about it but just the way it is
1: yeah and finally how do you look back on your time with his fears in the 80s that's
0: great absolutely great um uh, you know i think we were i i I have the feeling that we were quite unpleasant at times to other (laughs) people uh i think we were i think we were quite you know we were really arrogant i think we like, we wouldn't really mean it, but I think our jokes were sort of quite <laughs> nasty about other people. Maybe a bit, a bit of that.
1: Not just Spandau uh, Ballet, then others as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mostly Spandau Ballet.
0: Yeah, no, I think like we would, uh, like we were very good at being bitchy. Uh, yeah, and we were quite, uh, we were too arty, or you know, we thought we were very arty. Like the bands we liked were really Japan or Blue whatever the, that scottish band what are they called robert wire just arty stuff not like i suppose we like michael jackson and things but yeah you know we were two upper asses and roland got more and more up his own house as it went on but um look you know i'm incredibly grateful to the life roland Kurt, i owe them a lot in proportion slightly more to roland
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. But I hope you're, you're proud of your, your works so Big track. I am proud it's, of I mean, It's I'm, a huge, huge legacy that will continue to, like...
0: Just... It is. I think I'm not... I mean, proud... I'm, I think I'm lucky that I was involved, but then it would have been different if it hadn't been me. But yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Because, I mean, the contribution you made to it, it would not well, have been what sense. it is without um, you.
0: But it could have been better, so who knows? If it, no, had, been, no. if it had been mid-year, maybe it would have been... Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I love UltraVox but I don't think you could have improved on Yeah, maybe you could have put When In Love With a Blind When In Love With The Blind yeah you see that, that, in somewhere. Yeah. that maybe fair. my track listing would have been better would have got you
0: 10 million 10 million
1: sales instead of 9 million maybe I do
0: you should have worked on that song yeah,
1: if I know it's was around if you'd have called me when I was 12 years old I could have like you know, steered you right
0: that's another regret
1: yeah <laughs> thanks
0: that's well nice. I
1: hope this wasn't too well we've done we've done three and a half hours so I hope this wasn't too I appreciate you doing this because I know you were a bit hesitant to talk about it I but am. i hope
0: i won't do it again but yeah I, but I've, this I've is seen the seen template it. now
1: you've got you've uh, got something to prefer to say that i've already done it here it is
0: yeah you know it's all right um hard to get over all those years in one chat but
1: well, we've had a good go at it, I think. We did, and if I yeah.
0: sag off Chris or Roland or Carter, yeah, sorry about that, but
1: yeah, and that's fine.
0: That's <laughs> how it is. I should have talked about Dave more because he was very, yeah, very important. Sounds
1: like you got you got a few stories there. Be like,
0: yeah, we could do another one of these, no problem. Yeah, yeah, Definitely okay. The bad stuff, you know, like the 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 uh, yeah, the not so much the rock and roll, but the the really nasty stuff between us all. Yeah, 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 yeah God, yeah, the X-rated version, yeah. It's not for, a, not for public <laughs> viewing.
1: This is the end of the interview. Thank you very much. So that concludes the Ian Stanley interview. Loads of interesting bits there. Uh, he was such an interesting and enjoyable person to interview and the hours did just fly by. And knowing his reluctance and the fact that he doesn't do many interviews, plus his initial email response, uh, which was polite but again reluctant, he made it clear to chat that this was kind of it. So I feel incredibly blessed that I got the opportunity to speak to him. And, and also, what a gift. I mean, think about it. I assume if you're listening, you're a Tears of Fears fan. Imagine getting one to a three to four hour one-to-one chat with the people responsible for making the music that you love. The absolute privilege of that. And even if I hadn't recorded, well, if I hadn't recorded, I would have shat myself. Maybe not literally, um, and been gutted, but at the same time, I still have had the thrill of talking... To the people that brought that joy to my life and, and music, this meant so much to me, and to be able to say thank you, what I was able to do to all all people I've interviewed. And, and Ian Stanley's contribution to what is, in my opinion, one of the greatest albums of all time is immense. So I'd be able to speak to him about it, it was such such a privilege. Uh, so huge, huge thanks to Ian. I think it's my favourite interview I've done so far. <laughs> Talking to so fast. Uh the big chair. There's the picture of it. Um, i asked him he mentioned it in the interview about his big chair the big sofa i did ask him to send me a picture so i've used that to advertise the episode you'll see that wherever there's podcasts are listed and on social media and that just so look out for that and thanks again to david bates and carol at helium for helping to set it up and i do have one more tears of fears episode to come and i have to thank listener tom I hope I pronounced that right, Tom. Thank you for your idea. I will go with that. So I'll be able to complete the series. There will be an episode four. It will complete the end of the 80s. And that will be the last episode. And so the song to play out. I would have played out with The Prisoner, Howard Jones. But I ended the Chris Hughes interview with that. Because he co-produced that with Ian and Ross Cullum. And really... (sighs) researching it, it shows what a good training ground Tears of Fears in the 80s was. Because like Chris Hughes and Dave Bascom, Ian Stanley had a great post Tears of Fears career as a producer. Working like Satori Amos, The Beautiful South, The Pretenders, including I'll Stand By You. He produced I'll Stand By You. No idea. Massive hit. Aha. Uh-huh. And also the Human League. So I'm, I'm going to close this interview with Filling Up With Heaven from there. 1995 album Octopus produced and co written by Ian Stanley and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon take care
2: once there was a vision once there was a glow once there was a certainty no chance could overthrow hope was scorched by summer Crushed and beaten down. Once there was a winner. Now there was a clown. You like that but now I'm gonna- Let it go. After nine years' silence, they're talking again, and maybe even recording.
1: The end of last year, Roland basically put forward the idea of you know, whether I'd be into us doing some work again together. And um, I, I said, well, yeah, let's give it a try.
0: It's a, a comeback, like you know. It's not attractive, is it?